Welcome to the Tangled Tanuki Bonsai Podcast. My name is Rafael Najmanovic. I go by Rafi. Most people will know me by Rafi or Evolution Bonsai. So I've been doing bonsai for seven years, and I always mention it's seven dog years, so 49. And, and this is because pretty much in the beginning, already became an obsession right at the beginning i became a member of mirai live when they started and i started to have workshops twice a year with walter paul and ever since and until the beginning of the pandemic i was going twice a year to walter paul workshops at the nature's way nursery in in pennsylvania in harrisburg uh, he would come over to the U.S. He comes over to the yeah, U.S. Yeah, he would come twice a year to the U.S. and I would go twice a year to his workshops. Very much I am self-taught with the strong influence of, of Ryan Neal's technique and aesthetic and the influence of Walter Paul's technique and aesthetic. I sort of gravitated to what was more interesting to me in terms of approaches and in terms of technique. And yeah, I've been uh, doing bonsai for seven years and I've been, I have started to teach bonsai maybe a year or two ago, probably a year and a half. I'm not entirely sure. I have had a few students. I have given a few presentations. I have a group, a study group with a few buddies of ours and we have uh, our own exhibition where our goal is to bring bonsai to people that never met bonsai before. So we actually have our uh, exhibition at the public library and not somewhere specific where people would have to travel on purpose to meet bonsai. It's, it's a place where people stumble on bonsai when they were go, when they thought they were going to the library to just get a book. Books, books and bonsai. Yes. <laughs> In the past, I did uh, together with one of my friends in this, what we call the Progressive Bonsai Collective. We did what we call Guerrilla Bonsai. We went to a Japanese street food festival with our tables, with our trees, with our wire, with our tools, and <laughs> just started styling a tree in the middle of a park. And people stopped to complain that we didn't have a right to be there or and others were <laughs> enjoying what we were showing. So yeah, I'm uh, all about uh, disseminating the art of bonsai and treating bonsai as an art with influences from Walter Paul, Ryan Neal. Dan Robinson's work also impresses me a lot. Nick Lenz. But I, I try to learn from everywhere. You went deep very quickly then. I went very deep and I don't see a way to getting out of it. <laughs> you, you keep digging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It will never be a profession for me in the sense that I'm a professor at the university and this is my main work. So I'll always be a, a professional amateur as Walter Polk calls himself. I do it as professionally as I can. Yeah, you're up in Canada. So how, how does the, the seasons work up there? It's... So the seasons are, yeah, uh, winter is very long here where we still have snow in the ground, starting to melt, but still we're far from spring. 
it's normal normally our growing season is from may to september beginning of october and that's it and then you start having freezing and and snow and that's it do the trees develop then a little bit slower up uh, the further up you go or is it just yes. the trees that you have to select suitable trees to be able to grow them obviously in those conditions Yes, so um, the trees do what they do, right? The, the species here will grow. They don't know any better. But for example, I visited Moshe Mergui. Ah, Moshe, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw the fi- uh, ma- magnificent ficus that he has. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm just developing it from a stump in five years. And my jaw just <laughs> fell because I'm thinking five years, there is no chance that this could happen. Let alone, yes, a ficus grows fast in the right conditions. And here in Canada, we don't have the right conditions. But yeah, you pay the price for being in a cold place. There are species here that you don't have, you cannot grow in warmer places, like a larch or or even a tuyoxidentalis, uh, maybe. I don't know if, where they can grow. Um, how warm they can go down, they grow slower. And and within Canada itself, we seek trees like Yamadori uh, trees that grow in places that are even further north. So when I collect, I go sometimes to places that are 12 hours north of Montreal by car. Wow. These are places that will have uh, four months of growing season at most and very strong winds and very low temperatures and so the trees grow much slower i have i have some trees that are said to be around 200 250 years old that are the diameter of a year cat one one of the things like my teacher is uh, offer and he's he says like one of the because i i keep like trying to find ways to get my trees to grow quicker and he yeah. he keeps reminding me that it's actually better to grow the trees slower because the growth that you're going to get it's yeah. going to it's going to be more nuanced there's going to be once you get yeah. that big heavy growth and it's quick the the wood is not as it's it's not as attractive i mean it's not as as the character you don't get as much character because the tree just gets big quickly and it doesn't have that time to develop the character. I agree. What I tell people is that if you want a big tree, start with a big tree. <laughs> I enjoy the process and I enjoy the trees growing in pots and they develop slower in a pot, as, as you mentioned. But there is the aesthetic part of it, of having a tree in a pot rather than in a plastic container or, or in the ground. And they will develop slower, but for a beginner, it's so much nicer to to already derive some pleasure from what they're doing. And this is one of the things we will discuss uh, in a moment, speaking of uh, nursery stock. But I am all for putting the trees in pots and having them develop slower. One more advantage of having a tree in a pot developing slower is that you tend to have slower, smaller internodes, and just because of the constriction of space which is the you know the bonsai effect and so not only the wood is more of a higher quality as offer mentioned to you but you also have smaller internodes and more control of of how it grows because it's growing slower 
So in the long run, you'll have a better tree. There are things, of course, that will take longer to, to, to change in a pot. For example, if you have to heal wounds, if you had a trunk chop, um, it will take longer than in, in the ground, of course, but it will get there. Bonsai is a hobby of patience and time. This is yes. in, in the short time that I've been like been messing around with these little trees. I've understood that it, it is it, it's a hobby of time. You you can't rush anything. The the quicker you rush, the the quicker things just fall apart. You know. Yeah, it is. It is about patience, and it is about a never-ending work. And I, I was thinking, why is it so that one tree is not enough, and you want another one and another one? And it is because all of them are works in progress and, and you cannot do as more than what you should do on a tree, otherwise you'll kill it. So you have more than, than one. And because they're never finished, you always get other one, additional ones uh, to, to work. So by now I have about 100 trees, maybe 80 of them in pots. And I realized that this is about the limit of what I can maintain such that I don't skip. For example, I could work on this tree, but I'm not working on it this year because they just you didn't have time, time to it. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm about at the limit of what I can keep moving each tree forward every year without having to skip because I don't have enough time. I saw one of the trees that you put up now was uh, the snowman. It was a very, very cool little tree. I really liked the the movement that you had there. It was uh, a nice little, nice little tree. Yes, that that is a tree that I bought for ten dollars nursery stock. Not nothing, nothing special about it. But then this windswept um, design very characteristic and very similar to a famous tree here in Canada that is a white pine, not a large, in Georgian Bay uh, that also inspired a painter of a famous group of Canadian painters called the Group of Seven that painted that tree in 1923. So I have real life imitating art that imitated real life. (laughs) Inception. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun. It's a uh, yeah, larger, nice species. We're talking about uh, nursery stock. I think while well, you mentioned that this was nursery stock, I think you also said that quite a few, quite a few of your trees are from nursery stock. And after last week's uh, podcast, we spoke about Yamadori. So I thought it would be a, a cool little conversation to have with you to speak about actually going to the nurseries and picking up nursery stock. So maybe we can dig a little bit into that. Yeah, I'll be happy to speak about nursery stock. It is, as you mentioned, one of the main sources of material for me because I have not felt that it was right to make the investment of money when I began on trees that I don't know if I can keep them alive. And frankly, at the time, seven years ago, that I didn't know what to do with them. And even today, I still make mistakes in watering. Watering is the most difficult thing uh, that you learn to bonsai in bonsai. 
And you might as well learn that and learn the techniques on material that is cheap. At the end, the material is not promising when you start, but after three, four years, you start seeing the transformation. And now I have several trees that I start to feel attached to them because I feel, well, I can see that this one day will be much more than infinitely better than what it I started with. So for a beginner, nursery stock is a fantastic source of material. And even if you're eventually you will move into collecting trees, Yamadori, you still have to have the time to learn to keep trees alive before you can commit to removing a tree from the wild and making sure that it will survive or giving it the best chances to survive. So nursery stock has a lot of advantages, but also have nuances uh, and opportunities. So one of, one of the problems with the nursery stock is that the way that it's grown in nursery containers, it's never meant for the roots to be inspected, dealt with. These trees were supposed to go from nursery can to your garden, you know, dig a hole and put them in and that's it. And the way that they are grown, they're grown from small pot until they are pot bound, then they are tucked taken out and put in another pot so you have uh, they slip slip potting them i think they call it slip potting where yes. they take it from one a small container into a larger container into a larger container exactly so it keeps growing in the containers but the roots are never really worked on mm. so you have one mass of pot bound roots that then create another mass so almost like an onion uh, so they're just circling each that's just becomes like a circle under the ground very often this is the case on on trees that spent that were neglected for longer in nurseries. So it's very hard to style a tree that is a nursery stock, especially if you're going to make drastic changes in, in angles and be sure that once you expose those roots and look at the nebari, the root flare, you style a tree, you maybe you put it on its side, then you're going to repot it the next year or the year after. And it turns out that there was a big root, a big limitation that prevents you from doing what you wanted. So you would, so when if you were looking at nursery stock, then would you, the first thing that you do is to like inspect the inspect the roots. Then, well, nursery stock. When I buy nursery stock, I select with the best of my knowledge uh, of what I can see if it has an ebari or, or even sometimes, especially in deciduous trees the positioning of the lower branches may give you hints of where strong roots may decide where strong roots may be present. But this is a theory that I have not validated with more than one. <laughs> a, theory, a theory of one. <laughs> okay. Yes. Very common in bonsai. But what I prefer to do is to report first and style only later. Why report first? First of all, all the foliage that is present will help the regeneration of the root system. The second advantage is that if you were to style first, you would have this lower, lower quantity of, of green mass, green foliage, but still very humid, very organic soil that will be in which it will be harder to keep a balance of water and oxygen. Uh, because the tree will be requiring less water, but that that type of soil and that amount of soil in the nursery. So you're gonna then you have, you're gonna be having to like really focus more on the watering 
to have to water less. It will it will be hard. It will be more difficult to water because once you water, you water profusely, but that amount of volume of of soil, which is very organic, will retain more water. So the the balance of water and oxygen will be harder to maintain, and you don't know if when you will repot that the the style that you decided for your tree would work with what the roots have. So I much rather repot first, get through the roots to regenerate much faster, be in a container where it's already more beautiful. Then in the future, if I have to style and change the angle, I already know what I'm working with in terms of the roots and the, the tree will have already um, recovered from, from this major transition from nursery container to pot. I am already enjoying it in, in a pot. So the repot first is something that I'm very confident uh, and I, I've been doing it all along. The styling of trees that are nursery trees may be more difficult depending on the tree because sometimes junipers or pines, depending on the size, they have the foliage much. Uh, it's too long. It's all, it's been gro- they've been grown out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so that has two directions to go. One is to learn grafting. Two is to take the time to let back budding take place. Three is go from a more elegant design instead of a f- elegant. I use the word elegant for feminine design. You may have heard, heard the words feminine and masculine design. Feminine is more elongated, more Less bulky, yeah. It's a less bulky tree. Then. Yeah, masculine is shorter, stockier, angular movement. I prefer the words elegant and um, powerful, just so that it's a more um, gender gender neutral. That's right. So with nursery stock, at times you may go much more for an elegant design instead of uh, of the what we often see in in, in bonsai images of masculine or or powerful design another thing about nursery stock is that there are many species that you may not think at first uh, to use as bonsai that you have access to for example even uh, the the hedge hey, bushes of, of this is one of the things yeah i think also as a beginner this is a very important thing to look for is like bushes or hedges or anything that grows like really fast that might be used as a natural fences because they grow so fast as a beginner, you're going to be getting that feedback also a lot, a lot quicker. So in terms of developing, it's actually really nice to have this, that you're not having to wait so long for the development of the tree. And in addition, you, you, they are cheap and you can experiment with them, Mm. learn, learn to bend learn to do drastic bends, learn to, to use raffia, learn to, to do trunk splits, learn to graft, learn, you know, you're not working on a tree that costs 500, 1,000 or more dollars. Yeah, it's just experimenting. So it's a great, great opportunity to learn with that all the things that you should learn as, a, as, a, as you advance in bonsai. The only danger on that is that very often there are uh, spe- specialty varieties 
in nurseries, for example, um, uh, all the nanas, short. The dwarf varieties. Yeah, dwarf varieties, that's right. Dwarf varieties. And sometimes the growth of these are is weaker than, than the normal varieties. So this is something to keep in mind. Nursery stock offers the beginner so many advantages. And the only thing that I would suggest is repot first. And of course, when you repot, you will think about what do I want to do with this tree? When you're repotting and you're taking it from that, uh, like that nursery organic soil, I think, I mean, if, if I understand correctly, you'd probably be moving it into more of an inorganic mix. I mean, if you're yeah. studying yeah. under like Ryan and stuff, I mean, he's really promoting and pushing uh, the inorganic mixes. So. I use inorganic mixes only. I don't use Akadama because our winters, with our winters, not so much our winters, but our springs that have a lot of cycles of freeze and thaw. Uh, just completely destroys the Akadama. The Akadama doesn't last as long as you would want. Here I use a mineral that the Montreal Bonsai Society uses that they import from France called Shabazai. Yeah, it's it's equivalent to, to Akadama in the sense of um, large cation exchange capacity value, which is the capacity to hold to charge particles of, in fertilizer. So they hold on to the fertilizer to provide to the, to the plant uh, when it needs and also water absorbance. So it's, I, but I use a entirely a mineral content, Shabazai, lava, and pumice, or sometimes also the atomaceous earth. And when I do the repot of a, of a nursery stock, it depends on the species. If it's a pine or a juniper, I will leave a section untouched. I will not bear root. I will not wash the roots. But I have to say that nursery stock trees are young trees in general. And even junipers can take bare rooting and washing, but I don't promote it. But just because it, this is different from working on an old Yamadori tree and young nursery stock, um, they can take more. They, they, can, they are more resilient in that sense. I will follow the Mirai's methodology i will leave the core untouched and and expose the edges and in and the next report three or four years later i will have plenty of roots on the edges and then i will be able to remove soil from the center so after two or maximum three reports i will have a fully inorganic environment and what are you looking for when you when you're walking around the nursery then are you looking for specific varieties or, I mean, I, I can yeah, I can split this into two questions because there's, are you looking for specific varieties? And if you're looking for specific varieties, are you looking for something in the trees themselves? I mean, like, obviously, like bigger bases, Nabori, like you've already mentioned, or maybe something like maybe like a weird branch or something that might be interesting in the bonsai design. In, in nursery stock, it's hard to find the type of characteristics and interest that you see in Yamadori with very weird movement because these are trees that are grown 
straight. Yeah, they want everything straight in the landscape, but I don't understand the. But I I look for specific varieties. For example, here we have a, a species called Amur maple, Acerginala, which comes from the Amur mountains in the the border between China and Russia, if I'm not wrong. Um, it has very small leaves, very red in the fall. So this, this is something that uh, you can find here that is sold for gardens and you can do a trunk chop. I have one that I transitioned from a 16 gallon pot, which is something very big to a two inch deep bonsai pot. You can check it in my bonsai channel. The tree is doing well. I was extremely lucky to have a fantastic nebari in that tree. Often we nursery stock, checking if it has an interest in nebari is, is difficult because of this up-potting of the tree as it grows. Sometimes it's hidden. It is filling in, they're filling in soil on the top horses. So first of all, don't be afraid to dig in. I often... I often, when I go to a nursery, I will be on my knees digging to see if I find anything. Sometimes having lower branches, very low branches, maybe a, an indication that you may have strong roots on that area. The theory of one. Yes, the theory <laughs> of one. Very, but yeah, I've seen it more than once, but this, this Amur maple was a, a shocking example that... One important thing about repotting nursery stock is that don't be shy to explore because, because of this up-potting, you may think that you hit the nebari and actually there is a much better nebari lower down and you just have to cut some roots. Um, how many roots to cut? I always say as, as much as possible, uh, as little as possible, but not more. It's hard to know where to stop you'll learn with experience. But if it fits on the pot that would make it look beautiful, every year after this first repot, the tree will never be as strong as it was on that nursery container. Yeah, that's its biggest, it's, it, I think in this case, it is similar to Yamaguri, that this is like the biggest shock that the tree is gonna go through in terms of taking it out of that pot like, and putting it into a bonsai container it's probably the most shocking like thing that the tree will actually have to go through. Right? So go for it. I mean, within reason, of course, try to make it fit on, on the pot that will magnify its uh, aesthetic if possible. But make sure that you really explore the nebari because very often you have more than one level of roots. Then there is a beautiful nebari lower down the oh, that's a good tip yeah because it's obviously from the slip potting they've just moved it lower and lower, lower when when you're a beginner you're kind of afraid and when you do the report especially you i remember i would hurry up try to be as quick as possible uh there is no reason to rush and during a report you better do it right than have to repeat again next year or 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 make a mistake as long as you have a water bottle. You just spray just spray the roots a little bit. Yeah. The, the tree doesn't have to be potted for a day or two or three. You, you can even put it with a wet towel around. Plastic bag or something. Yeah. It's better to do it right than, than to rush and have to repeat. Explore for lower roots. 
try to make it fit. What about like reverse taper? Do you ever have like an issue? Because this is one of the things that sort of I've, yeah. I've steered away from nursery stock in terms of that. Uh, oftentimes you find like weird, like reverse taper or places where there's a whole lot of branches coming out and it's causing like a little knuckle or whatever. Yes, like in pines, in pines it's very common to have um, this type of uh, wheel spoke, you know, the spokes on a wheel. Any branches coming from the same internode, this is very common. And of course, you will try to see that before buying the tree and not buy that tree. Now, inverse taper below ground is, is, an, is a problem. And then the solution is either to carve part of it out or use a rock or another prop or even, you know, what's called a tanuki or phoenix craft. When you use dead wood, with a tree to to make it look more beautiful i guess you could also if if it's lower down you could also just air layer the tree you could you could air layer uh you could hide it on depending on the planting angle there are many things to be done or you can embrace it and be creative i guess and, yeah. yeah and you know in for a penny in for a pound <laughs> Break the rules. You have to go for it. The most important thing is that you have to like what you do. You, you know, it's a hobby. It's a personal relationship between you and your tree. And if you enjoy looking at it every day, that's what matters. And do you like, in terms of nurseries, are they? Uh, we, we're obviously talking about like normal nurseries, not like bonsai specific nurseries. So, are there any things that you look out for? in terms of finding nurseries like this? Because sometimes nurseries obviously focus more on flowers maybe, or maybe they focus on fruit trees or... Normal garden centers here, nurseries here will have, at least in Canada, they have flowers and they have trees and they have everything. But what I often do is that I build a relationship with the people that work there. And I often ask them, where are the trees that you cannot sell? ones that got damaged last year, the, the ones that they forgot to water and half died, they cannot sell them to the normal public because for the normal public, they have to sell the pretty symmetric trees. Whereas us, we want specifically those that look ugly because they're the most interesting ones, the more asymmetric, the more idea of age, of accidents that in this case were man-made, but still... And sometimes they take you to the back on the edge of the property. And those are the forgotten trees that sometimes you find gems there. That's how I found there was an old nursery, like a guy is obviously getting a little bit older and he had in the back of his lot, it was a little bit overgrown and uh, uh, a They had these like big fat stumps that are just sort of, it's still been watering them and they've just been growing and growing and growing and growing. So it's a very good thing if you can build a relationship with, with the nursery. They have nothing to lose. Uh, two years ago, I found a Tui Occidentalis, a Eastern white cedar, which is hedging material in a nursery that they had thrown on the side of the nursery. <laughs> and it was without a pot. It was down under the sun, but somehow it got 
enough humidity from rain and then okay. they gave it to me for free and I Survived. salvaged it. Wow. It, it has okay. a three inch or two and a half inch trunk or 10, 12 centimeters trunk on a pot, which is five centimeters because it was that. The other thing about nursery stock is that often, at least here, it will mention the zone, the hardiness zone of the, of the plant. Here in Montreal, we are in zone six, which means that plants can resist up to a certain negative temperature in winter. So there are species that I can or cannot have here because of that. But this is for plants that are grown on, in the ground, planted. Once you have a tree on a pot, then it is much more susceptible to cold. And so mm. my, my rule of thumb is that if it says zone seven, and I live in zone seven, this is not cold enough. Or if it says zone six and I live in zone six, this is not hardy enough for my environment. So I would buy plants that are one or two zones hardier, so lower number mm. than the zone where I live. So that once they are in a pot, I know that in the winter I can leave this pot outside on the ground, not buried, just on the ground. And it will get covered by snow in my case, and they will resist the coldest temperature here because the roots are exposed. They are protected by a pot, but in, they are exposed to cold, essentially. The wind and the... If they were planted in the ground, there is a, a lot more heat there that it's not available when they are in a pot. So this, this mm. going for hardier trees than, than your zone would allow. So you, so you would take something in like zone five or zone four. Yes. And then you'd be more than comfortable knowing that these trees would survive yes. in the bonsai pot. That yes, I have. Oh, that's quite a, that's a good tip. Yes. I have several trees that I have to protect in winter on my cold greenhouse because they need dormancy. But a number of, uh, most of my collection stays in the yard hurled together in, in small groups. Oh, you just pack them together. Okay. Just to have some safety numbers against rodents. Uh -huh. <laughs> look out for food in the winter. But that's it. I don't do anything special. And they, they survive very well. This idea of the hardiness is important. The selection, try to take your time. Try to imagine what, what you would do with the tree. And if you cannot imagine much at the time, at least try to get a tree that has enough branches to give a lot of possibilities in the future. Once you will repot it first, you will see what the root is giving you. For example, if you have a strong root on one side, you know you can lean towards the other side because that root would give you stability that would make a, a design that is credible. And then you have to have the branches to support that design in the future. So the more branches, the better. If you can avoid uh, this spoke wheel, which is particularly common in certain pine species, try to avoid it. Try to poke to see if you can find a, a, what may be a nebari, but as I mentioned earlier, the real nebari. They might even be even deeper down, yeah. And, you know, have fun. This is what we do bonsai for, right? You also, I think one of the one of the things that I've also, in the beginning, I'd always go home with the tree, but I think at the end of the day, you should also realize that 
like you say, you might have a collection of 80 to 100 trees and that's like the maximum that you can, yeah. that you can handle. You don't always have to go home with the tree. I mean, it's sometimes it's, that's part of the fun is actually finding like really good material. And if it's ever, if it's average material, then rather yeah. just saying, oh no, I'll carry on looking. With, with time, with time you get more selective and with time also, you will also kill some of your trees. If you there isn't anyone serious in bonsai who hasn't. It's a good. That's that's a that's a good way to make space in the garden. I guess. <laughs> I I not I don't try to kill, but I did lose some trees already. And if you haven't killed any tree, you're not doing bonsai hard enough. I've had my share already, which is. Yeah, uh... but with time you get more selective for sure, and then you can sell. You can give some trees to to people that are only starting swapping you can also probably trade and yeah stuff. yeah but i have many trees that i that are worthless but now with time i get attached to them and and, and mm, I, sentimental yeah okay. and i i feel you know now it's a challenge i can see that i can do something with it and now it's worth more than and that was the promise all along when you start to do the cheap tree sometimes Someday, you know, my hope when I start with this tree is to do something interesting with it. And after three, four, five, now seven years, I have my first tree. I still have it. I lost many in between, but <laughs> but those trees start to show some promise. And now you want to keep them, but but others you may also give away or or exchange or. Or experiment to see what are the limits of what you can do with them. It's also a great idea just to have them like have less expensive material to to play around with. I mean, like you say, if you if you're not, I'm not saying you should go out and kill a tree because that's no. the only way to know that no. you're pushing it far enough. But I mean, if you're pushing things far enough, every now and then a tree will probably yeah will get pushed too far. So yeah. it's better to do that on that material, like you're saying. That's a little bit. That's that's obviously not gonna like really hurt you, not just hurt your heart, but also hurt your pocket in the end. Yeah, and to the point where there are people that start with very expensive trees, they want to, they they get interested in bonsai, they buy, develop bonsai, and even the watering is a challenge, and and mm. and they lose so much money right away that. They don't know how to keep the tree alive. They, Just the basics of keeping the tree alive. Yeah. They they give up. Mm -hmm. They give up. Um, yeah, I think that nursery material is probably a good. That's that's it's a good way of learning the horti, horticultural like part of bonsai, which is very important. I mean, so what is the hard thing about bonsai with nursery stock? The hard thing with bonsai with nursery stock is that. It will be much harder and it will take much longer to have something that looks like all the very developed and very expensive and material that is either fantastic Yamadori recently collected or fantastic Yamadori collected several generations ago that you we get bombarded with pictures of as we are interested in bonsai and we explore in the internet. So to have that will be much more difficult. So you have to have patience and you have to either be more prone to experiment with the aesthetics as I am in the sense that I'm, I'm not guided with this strength, 
very strong force to repeat what I see in the, in the Japanese trees or have more patience until you feel confident to spend more time in material that is more prone or already more developed. I didn't buy my first expensive tree until three years ago. The first four years of my bonsai, I, I wouldn't buy anything more than $20 or, I don't know, $50. And that's already a lot of money. And that is a lot of money to think that in the beginning even. The other thing about nursery stock is that I live in a neighborhood that was built in 1957. And there are a lot of yards here with trees that were nursery stock planted in these gardens. Now they developed a lot. So this urban Yamadori, which is still nursery stock to some extent because these were nursery trees, but this is also an important source of potential material. So to drive around and in old neighborhoods and look for the municipalities ripping trees or the neighbor, you know, you can ring a bell and explain how ugly that tree that they have is and that you can exchange it for them for something prettier that you will pay for your own and you work for free and you will get them rid of that ugly, contorted, gnarly tree that they have in the front. <laughs> you want a nice, straight tree. Yeah, you don't want a nice, straight tree. They, they may want and they may not like what they have and what we want is what they have. Yeah, exactly. It's a fair trade. Yes, yes. It's always possible. Yeah, so... Great. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I think you've... Like really, I think I've got some great, fantastic information there. A few great tips, especially with the Nibari, like digging down a little bit and how to select the trees. Yeah. The reporting first, it's important. It's very, yeah, it's very important. I mean, it's it's important as, as beginners to, to get an idea of where to get material, because this is obviously one of the things we always struggle with in the beginning in terms of, where do you get your material? I mean, yeah, the, the other thing to mention about material is that pines and junipers will be more sensitive to root work than, than a maple or, or a tui occidentalis, for example, the eastern white cedar that is hedging material all over the world. There are trees that, that have more sh shallower systems and, and more gives you more leeway to mistakes when you start as opposed to a pine or or some species of juniper. I guess deciduous would always probably also be a little yes. bit easier to work with yeah. in terms of root yeah. work that are less sensitive. I mean, I'm not saying that they, that you can just go and rip the roots off, but I mean, they are, they are a lot more like forgiving in terms of working on the root. And if you do it at the right time of the year, you can, also trunk chop that the, the fall before, depending on the species or or the spring. Oh, you can bear root them and chop them yeah, off completely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course in Israel you have uh, olives that you take a piece of a piece of wood without anything on it and it will create roots and I've got a whole I've got a whole lot there was on the drive to work one day I saw there was a field that they were just ripping out the olives. Oh my god so after that, yeah, it was like, oh, and they just came in and they just chopped everything like big, probably, I mean, they weren't like, they weren't the ancient, the ancient olives that we have yeah. here. It was just like a production facility. 
but they were still probably like 12, 15 year old olives. So they had like nice yeah. big, big trunks on them and they just came and chopped them all down. Like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. So after they went in, they went in with the bulldozers and the, and the bobcats and they were ripping everything up. So once they were finished with that, I went in afterwards and picked up little stumps. Just It was just stumps that, that had a little bit of green on them. Yeah, and I stuck them all into the ground, and they they all like oh, yeah. I think I had like an eighty percent success rate. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, so Rafi, is there anything else that you would like to like maybe promote or anything that interesting? You said you were doing courses, you were teaching, and if people want to also get hold of you, so Rafi.Najmanovic at gmail.com or my bonsai channel Evolution Bonsai and try to contact me from there i think there's a way to send messages i don't know or in instagram arnajmanovich so i'll get the links with them in the yeah, show that, notes that'll for... be great and if people are interested contact me i'm all for sharing information thank you very much for coming on and we'll hopefully either run each, into each other in israel sometime if you get yeah. back over here sometime yeah, uh, sure. you're always welcome uh, yeah, if you if you're ever over or maybe at one of the exhibitions sometime. Uh, maybe I might get over to the States one day. I really hope that uh, to go and visit Ryan and stuff like awesome. that. I mean, it, it would be a dream, yeah. Awesome. I'm Sweet. looking forward to meet you in person. Yeah, thank okay. you very much, Rafi. It's been okay. a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye.